right now, policy is probably the biggest risk in agriculture and we have to put a lot of trust in them and, and they need to understand that, that they can ruin a lot of lives with bad policy and they can improve not only farmers' lives, but the industry in our country with good policy. Hello, thanks for joining us. This is Rural Roots Canada and I'm Craig Lester, Amplifying Canadian Agriculture. In this episode, we have Christian Hebert from Fairlight Saskatchewan joining us. We cover a wide range of topics, including what brought Christian back to the farm a few years ago, his entrepreneurial success, and how farmers can make a big difference by telling their story. Welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, talk with us this morning. Yeah, you bet, Craig. Thanks for having me on. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, obviously, you have so much going on uh, just with the farm and, and several different businesses there going on beyond it. So that, give the listeners a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, so I'm Christian Ebert from kind of Mooseman, Saskatchewan. The farm's actually right at Fairlight, which is where where my grandpa homesteaded. And I got a wife, Teresa, and two little kids, Bentley and Ivy, that are eight and ten. So I mean, they keep me as busy as my work life. But I got a pretty good team of people, and with that team, you know, we've expanded the farm pretty significantly. So we got a large grain and oilseed operation here at Fairlight. Uh, we got a consulting company, Maverick Egg, in Saskatoon. And it, uh, you know, it does lots of CFO work and business and risk management for farms. And just recently, we launched Farmer Coach, kind of powered by Maverick and the Hebert Group, which is kind of an executive coaching program for those farmers that want to, you know, add to their education and, and find a group of peers to be able to share ideas with. You mentioned there the multiple generations uh, that this farm has been in this in Mooseman and in that area sort of thing. What what brought you back to the farm in 2008? Well, I mean, I've joked about this, that when I was little, I mean, I, I enjoyed farming, but I didn't think I would come back, to be honest. There was days I almost felt it was a monster that kept my dad away from coaching hockey my whole life. He had coached me when I was younger and then just got too busy. And and not that I, I did understand, but um, I, I, that's kind of what drove me to maybe not wanting to do it some days. Then uh, when I went to school, ended up taking a business degree, majoring in accounting and finance, ended up back with Myers Norris Penny. For a few years to do my CPA and I was grain farming in the summers trying to figure out what I wanted and that that's really what drove me to it is kind of doing the numbers side of agriculture I mean I I fell in love with business and then the more and more I looked at it um, I thought the farm was a good spit you know good fit for my skill set and and I thought the business side could use some new ideas maybe and and that's really what brought me home so I kind of like I said I grain farm part-time up till 08 and then 08 I came back full-time. So Christian you just won this big award that was handled very recently here in, in Calgary. Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Uh, congratulations on that, first of all. Yep, thanks. What does it mean to you to win an award like this? And I guess, what does it mean to agriculture for a farmer to, to win this? Because literally, when we think of farmers, sometimes we think lifestyle. I, I know a lot of people uh, in other industries may not think of uh, farmers as entrepreneurs, but the, obviously, they're probably the first entrepreneur ever yeah no exactly i mean it was neat there's like there's six or seven winners of the prairie group and pv mart was one and redicop was another one that i can think so i think agriculture's done a better job uh, of infiltrating some of this stuff and, and really showing to the world how how important agriculture is to it and that there's some pretty innovative ideas within agriculture you know for me personally the recognition is is great for my team i mean that we try to do our best job every day and and Personally, some days I say I don't like awards because it, it sometimes it just adds more work for me. But for my crew, it, it's a real good way to pat them on the back and show how great of a team they are and and how our big goals and how they chase them and execute on them 
are getting noticed by other people. So that's really my, you know, my big thing is I agree with you. Agriculture is the oldest industry in the world. And, and I think it's been a little bit underappreciated and looking for positives out of COVID. I would say one of the things is a, the world paid a lot more attention to agriculture. Um, and so that, you know, we're kind of trying to ride that high. And so, you know, we're proud of it for, from, for the industry as an agriculture standpoint and as a primary producer, as you said, you know, I think lots of companies in agriculture are starting to get noticed, but not necessarily the primary producer. And that tends to be the driver of, to be honest, everything and, and a lot of Canada's GDP. And lastly, for me, as I said, is it's just the great team I have around me and, and what they're able to accomplish. And, and to be honest, push me to reach for, right. I, I wouldn't have goals near as big if I didn't have a team like this around me that, that I feel one can accomplish it. And two literally do push me to try and be better all the time. And that's just awesome sort of thing. As you mentioned there, the pandemic has brought about this need. Um, agriculture and food production in general has been put into the spotlight. Along with that, there's been a lot of questions raised sort of thing. And that has to do with environmental, a lot of environmental impacts sort of thing. Last year, you were the recipient of a, an award from Corteva. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it is so important for consumers to understand what the agriculture industry and farmers approach to the environment is? Yeah, so it was a climate positive leader award we got nominated for and, and were selected. And really, it's just some of the practices we have implemented. And But I think a lot of farmers have implemented and the world just doesn't know about it. So <laughs> I spoke at the FPT meetings to all the ag ministers, so I'll be a little careful how I word this. But I mean, I flat out told them that, I mean, right now, policy is probably the biggest risk in agriculture and we have to put a lot of trust in them. And, and they need to understand that, that they can ruin a lot of lives with bad policy and they can improve not only farmers' lives, but the industry in our country with good policy. And and around these, you know, some of the reduction, emission reduction targets, et cetera, I think everybody's open to have the conversation. And and as I said, I, I congratulated the government for finally caring about it because, I mean, we've cared about our land for over 100 years. But I said, you need to remember that, right? The only people I'm screwing if I ruin my land is my own kids. And, and in general, farms aren't going to try and do that. So we need to be a lot more collaborative in these discussions because I would say currently – you know, farmers kind of feel like the old quote said that farming would be real easy for, a, you know, an Eiffel Tower or, or a big tower with an Excel spreadsheet and a pencil if you don't actually have to go execute it. And that's the part I think right now that farms are pretty nervous about is that some of the policy decisions feel like they're just coming from Ottawa or coming from different areas around the globe, WTO meetings, et cetera, or, or currently COP27 just finished, that the, the policies are coming out of there, but there's no boots on the ground uh, of how they can be implemented, number one. And number two, it doesn't seem like any of the success stories are being told. So for instance, the amount of land in Canada that's already zero tilled and in, in organic matter improving compared to the rest of the world, for some reason, it seems like our Canadian government doesn't want to let everybody know all the great things that are happening, just the areas we need to improve. And, you know, whether it's the consumer or the farmer, I mean, there's always areas where you can improve, but let's make sure we do a good job of telling the story, everything that we are doing great um, to the rest of the world, instead of just advertising the areas that need improvement. And that led right into my next question, sort of thing, because obviously you're really good about telling the story about your practices and, and the way you carry out your operation and all, for all your businesses. What tips would you pass along to other farmers about telling their story for their farm and their and, and their lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they kind of fall into two groups. There's some people that are pretty comfortable to tell their own story, and, and that comes with you know, lots of good things and that people reach out and thank us for doing it. But it also comes with some negative sides, both from the consumer and from farmers that, that are pretty negative about, you know, the way we go about it or that we're growing in acres, et cetera. So you got to have some thick skin to do it. 
<clears throat> so, I mean, if you're going to go that path, I'd always encourage everybody to take some training on media and, and education around public relations and communications. And there's lots of people out there to help with that. Secondly, I mean, if, if you're not real comfortable with that, I think make sure that you're that you do add your voice with your MPs and your grower groups. I think in agriculture, we're pretty quick to call out MPs and grower groups for not necessarily doing what we want them to. But at the same time, we've never put pen to paper and wrote them a letter with our opinion on certain things or, or been educated on it and really pushed them. And so the group that isn't comfortable to do it themselves, I'd really encourage them to ensure that your MPs and your grower groups are accountable for your vote and for the money that you send the grower groups. Because I think sometimes, you know, that direction isn't always getting us the lobby we should get in Ottawa, but at the same time, we're not really holding them accountable or, or really voicing what we want them to do. Great. You mentioned earlier Comp 27 sort of thing. I guess your thoughts on it and uh, any further thoughts that you, we, we need to be pushing there. I, you know, obviously I saw agriculture had a bit of a presence there. I know I read about some of ag tech people from Saskatchewan there, plus several others. So where do we need to go there? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was supposed to go over, but I canceled out. I'm going to go to COP28 in Dubai. It's it's a little more, the agenda on it, I guess, is something I'm more a fan of. So with COP27, I think I think it's a little bit unique that we had all the clim climate action people from all around the world fly into a really expensive resort in Egypt, uh, which maybe Egypt excel itself should maybe have a few discussions we should have with some of their policies. But number two, you know, had it in a resort town. So you had a, a, a number of private planes flying in from all over the world to tell farmers how to be better at climate, uh, I thought was a little bit unique. Now, I, I give the Saskatchewan delegation credit. I mean, I looked at some of their planning, they were sharing flights and sharing hotel rooms and and felt it was it was important to at least have a small delegation there, which they did. Um, the, the dean out of the University of Agriculture, I think, did a really good job talking about some of the work that Canada is doing on soil mapping and soil carbonization and the provincial government talked about carbon capture. And as I said, I think they did a really good job for what I would say, planting the seed for COP28 to be a really positive experience for uh, for Saskatchewan in general, but Western Canada and, and the country too. I mean, my big thing right now is that farms, I think, have to tell our own story and provinces have to tell our own story because currently we're not all on the same page with the federal government and therefore we can't always rely on them to tell our story for us. And so when you're in disagreement with that, you have to be positive enough and confident enough to, to tell your own story. So I would urge, as I said, I would urge all producers to either start, you know, telling some of their own story or, or really being in touch with grower groups in the lobby side and your local MPs to, to tell more of that story for you so that we're heard in Ottawa and around the world. And quickly on that, because I did have a conversation about this just recently at AgriTrade and Red Deer, with uh, with one of the grower groups here in Alberta, he was talking about just how there's fewer people putting up their hand to sit on these grower groups, and they have the same people doing it. And some of them are burnt out and doing it year after year after. Day. How important it is for for younger people to step up and put their name up to volunteer on some level, like to, to say, okay, I'll set on, as a delegate, not necessarily a director, but literally just get their feet wet and just help out with the process. I'm a catch 22 on this, Craig, you're going to make me get some flack with my answer, but uh, I have a hard time not being honest. So on one side, I completely agree with you. I mean, my management team here, we have a two board rule that each of us need to sit on kind of a minimum of two boards. We have a maximum rule too, but that could be anything from I'm the local minor hockey president to, uh, you know, to I sit on an advisory board for a couple of the multinational companies. Um, same with my farm manager, same with my dad, right from RMs to different grower groups. And so, yes, I agree that the younger people need to step up and, and be on some of the grower group boards. On the, on the devil's advocate side, I guess what I would say is I think at times 
producers are getting frustrated with the amount of checkoff fees that are sitting in bank accounts and not really necessarily getting used. And that we feel that our voice can be pretty fractured by the time it gets to Ottawa, because it doesn't even appear that our grower groups can always get on the same page. And so it's kind of like a brother and a sister arguing. I mean, they got a different point of view and parents can always pick them apart when they don't come with a united front. And so by the time we get to Ottawa, when we have all the provincial delegations and then a couple national ones, they almost end up fighting within each other so that they don't even have the unique, you know, or the, the one voice to lobby and fight our, the real fight against the federal government and those policies. And, and I don't have an answer on how to fix that, but I would also say I think that's part of the reason you're seeing some of the younger generation be frustrated is that they don't feel that there is a real solid voice for agriculture and, and they don't always feel, you know, that there's a bang for a buck for checkoff dollars. And, and I think that just needs to be an open conversation. I think some of the groups do a great job and some leave some to be desired, but that's with everything. And I, I do believe, though, that we need a more united front when it comes to our federal policy and our federal lobby, because a fractured voice with a group like agriculture that has such a small percentage of the Democratic vote um, really is a penalty against us. And that's a great point there. So, the Christian, we've covered a bit of ground here. Is anything you'd like to add that I haven't asked you? No, I think thanks for calling. And I mean, all I'd like to point out to everybody is, I mean, I don't think I've ever been more excited about agriculture than I am now. I mean, there's lots of volatility in it when we see input prices and, and the, some of the issues taking place around the globe. But at the same time, I think there's more opportunities than we've ever seen. And and so I just encourage, make sure, you know, let's make sure we get youth involved in agriculture. And and the other thing I really want to point out is let's make sure we lobby governments to, to keep focusing on rural economics. I think that's one of the biggest risks in the future for agriculture and finding help and and all the other points is that if there's nobody living in rural Canada to execute any of this, none of the farms are any good anyway. So those would be kind of my two ending points. That's Christian Hebert from Fairlight, Saskatchewan. If you like this feature, be sure to check us out on the podcast farm at ruralrootscanada.com. And don't forget to check us out on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Rural Roots Canada, I'm Craig Lester, amplifying Canadian agriculture.